0: Oh, so well. a uh, Wednesday early game, okay? So if you are available at 11 a.m. on Wednesday, 11 a.m. against Indiana State, you can text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. The number again is 765-447-4080. If you want to go see Purdue women's basketball this Wednesday, 11 a.m., just text me at BOILERUP. You can win those tickets, all right? 11 a.m. You got the day off, you got, you know, the the kid or something like that, you're looking for something to do, you can go. Tomorrow, I will have more Purdue men's basketball tickets for you. For both, uh, we'll do Thursday, uh, the 21st, tomorrow. And then uh, Wednesday or Thursday here, we'll do uh, the Eastern Kentucky game. Should be very cool for you. All right. So that'll be fun. Boiler up, 765-447-4080. Again, that is an 11 a.m. start time on Wednesday. So don't text if you can't go, all right? Let's go get started with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, let's get after it here. Purdue Men's Hoops back in that number one spot again in the new AP poll. Boilers take 48 first-place votes. Kansas in at number two uh, with six first place votes. And Houston in at number three, they got eight first place votes. Two clowns actually put Purdue at number three. Beat the number one team in the country on a neutral court. And are like, yeah, you know what? They should say at three. One was from Morgantown, one was from San Diego. That dude out in San Diego's hosed us religiously for the last several years. Whatever. I get people put Houston in front of Purdue a little bit. I get it; they haven't lost a game. But Kansas over Purdue? What are you? What are you watching? Ah, oh, you say P voters? I don't understand. Arizona uh, in at uh, number four now. UConn slides in at number five. Other Big Ten teams at the top twenty-five this week include Illinois jumping to thirteenth. Wisconsin slides down 1-24. to Ohio State, Michigan State, and Northwestern got some votes. Coach Walters and his staff busy again this weekend welcoming in more recruits to campus. Signing day is coming up on Wednesday, but it's the portal right now, and uh, four big gets here. Jaquan Bolden, massive O-line player, 6'7", 350, Juco product lands in West Lafayette. That'll add to some more depth. Purdue was able to get Bolden over Arkansas and Mississippi State. Coaching change at State might have helped out a little bit here. He's got two years left of eligibility, which is great. Purdue also nabbed the commit over the weekend from C.J. Madden, former four-star edge player from Georgia, 6'4", 230, three years of eligibility left. That helps fill out the linebacker unit. He did appear in seven games for the Bulldogs. Cam Brown, wide receiver. Y'all been talking about all these wide receivers leaving? Well, look at this. Got another one in here. Seen about, what, like, six or seven guys leave from the wide receiver position? Brown, 61 career receptions, 846 yards, six touchdowns in his career, which started out for the first two years at AM. and uh, you know, had spent the year at UCLA. He must not like the sunshine or something, but wants to stay in the Big Ten. So, welcome. He's a former four star guy out of Texas. Reggie Love III. There's a name that some fans are familiar with, a running back from Illinois. Has a career, 1,053 yards on 240 carries, six touchdowns. He joins Corey Patterson, his uh, former mentor that, from over there at Illinois. He comes over here, helps out with the loss because uh, Purdue needs uh, some help in the backfield with the. Tyrone Tracy taking off to the uh, the draft. He's done. Dylan Downing is done as well with his eligibility. So that's a good haul this weekend for Coach Walters and company. you love to see it. About as bad of a Sunday as you could get for the Bears, though. Darnell Mooney drops the Hail Mary in the end zone. That somehow turned into an interception. I'm still trying to process how in the world that happened as the Bears lose at Cleveland. Justin Fields, 19 of 40. 166, a touchdown, two INTs. He also rushed for 30 yards. Bears were up 17-7 as they hit the fourth quarter. They give up 13 unanswered in the final frame, including 10 in about the last three minutes. Though not mathematically eliminated, at 5-9, the Bears' playoff hopes do not look good. On top of that, the Panthers went and kicked a walk-off field goal against the Falcons to move to 2-12. The Bears own their first-round pick, which is still sitting at number 1. But now uh, that two-game cushion is down to one game. Not ideal. None of this was ideal for the Colts either. Not a great Sunday for them, even though they did not play. Look, they did what they had to do. They beat the Steelers. But outside of that, uh, it it wasn't a great Sunday. So they're just kicking back trying to watch all this stuff. And uh, the way that the dust settles right now, they are the last seed, seventh seed. Okay? But the Bengals won, they sit at eight and six with the Colts. The Lions did beat the Broncos, that helped, but the Browns beating the Bears hurt them, because that moves them to nine and five. Texans also found a way to win. They moved to eight and six as well. And, uh, well, there's one other game, right? That, uh, oh, the Bills. That's right. The Bills defeating the Cowboys. That was bad news for them because they also move to eight and six. So it's getting close here. ESPN says Colts have a 55% chance to make the playoffs. Steelers and Broncos right behind them at seven and seven. Flick knows two goals, not enough for the Blackhawks. They lose their fourth in a row, 4-3 to at home to the Canucks. That's L's in eight of their last ten. They'll host the Avalanche tomorrow. That typically doesn't go good. Colorado's won ten of their last 12 meetings. Pacers will host the Clippers tonight as three-and-a-half-point home dogs. Bulls, ten-and-a-half-point dogs in Philadelphia. Former Indiana coach Tom Allen expected to be the next defensive coordinator at Penn State. He would take over for Manny Diaz, who left to become the head coach at Duke. Big Ten hoops yesterday. Illinois over Colgate, 74-57. Nebraska with a good win over Kansas State, 62-46. to They shot 34% from the field and still won this one. Huskers shot just four free throws in this one. Or not the Huskers. The Yeah, the Huskers did four free throws in this one. Wildcats shot 26% from the field. Whew, four of 30 from three. And then they went and uh, danced and made fun of their coach in the, I saw this video, in the uh, post-game locker room, took a little shot. Man, that takes some stones on you to dance on somebody's grave after shooting 34%. Not exactly like you shot the, the lights out of the place. Tonight, though, it's an interesting one. Oakland. Takes on Michigan State. The Grizzlies have been scaring the hell out of Power Five teams this season. They nearly knocked off Ohio State in that opener, turned around for their second game, gave Illinois a real run for their money there down the stretch. Illinois is able to pull away. They lost at Xavier by a bucket as well. States a 15 and a half point favorite tonight. The Grizzlies, 5 and 0 against the spread on the road this season. And there you go. That is your need to know news boy what an amazing spot tonight you're looking for a, a basketball betting spot i mean that's the way you got to go right you got to you got to take oakland on those points i mean why would you not take that 16 and a half michigan state gets that big win over the weekend So you feel like you're ready for that emotional letdown after they whooped up on Baylor 88-64. You got Rocket Watts on the Golden Grizzlies. He's a former Spartan. You know he wants to come in there and show out. Students are gone. And because Michigan State really, really over played themselves against Baylor. This thing shot up big time. And they just played 48 hours ago. So, look, I want to take Oakland plus a 16 and a half. Now, um, over in the NFL, you got Monday Night Football. We're waiting to hear on Hertz. And here's the thing. For you waiting on what you want to pull the trigger on with this, I say you just go right now and take the under. The under continues to dominate in prime time games this season. Some 64% this uh, this year so far, prime time unders. And it's like 65% over the last 99 games. So the last two seasons were 65% to the under tonight. It's still sitting at 45, which you can grab. Here's the scenario, okay? Either Hertz is out and that drops three, four points and you get some great closing line value or Hertz plays and you're still riding a trend that's hitting at 65%. Either way, I'm a big fan of this. There's also, uh, it sounds like weather is going to affect this. There will be rain out in Seattle tonight. 90% chance, up to a half inch. And it's going to be starting early, so maybe a little bit hard to get that footing tonight. We are sitting at about 67 to 70% of the money on the under this evening. I think once people start seeing that weather, too, and you hear about Jalen Hurts, that's going to come down. So if you're thinking about fading the public, I'd wait. But if you want the closing line value, I'd take it now. Just seems like the smart money for me tonight. So That's where I'm at. I'm not overthinking it here. I am a little bit nervous that Michigan State might have figured something out. May have a little bit of confidence. We'll see. I'm not super high on, this, uh, on either one of these games tonight. I'm just going to go ahead and ride the trend. That's what we know. Let's just stick with it. Super easy. All right, don't forget, if you can go to Wednesday morning's women's basketball game, and you'd like to. 11 a.m., text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. That number is 765-447-4080. Stop on by, pick up those tickets tomorrow. you would be good to go for Wednesday morning against Indiana State women's basketball. 11 a.m., 765-447-4080. Hang tight. It's a big weekend for Purdue men's basketball. Let's talk about it next. What we like, what we don't like. Where Purdue sits at here as we get ready to head into the holiday. Next on 1017 The Hammer and 1017 The <laughs> Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017thehammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. How's it going? Your thoughts as always on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Text them in to 765 447 4080. Purdue back up to that number one spot after a tremendous game. Against Arizona, 92 to 84, the final. There, Purdue shoots 53.8 percent in the field house, including 41.7 percent in the three-point shooting, which was great. Fletcher Lawyer was that other guy that really stepped up. On Braden Smith was great too. But boy, Lawyer just kind of comes out of nowhere here. Shoots 5 of 9 from 3. 11 of 18 overall. They tried to take away Brayden Smith a lot there. That didn't work out either. 26 points. Zach Eady with 22 and 9. And the Boylons roll. Turnover margin stayed the same. I mean, I I know we hammer this point a lot, but... We've been talking about this when Purdue is going to lose. Going to be Purdue beat Purdue. They're just way too talented right now. And Arizona threw the uh, zone in there, and then uh oh, what happens? Start knocking down all these outside shots. That doesn't help. I really thought that they were going to take guys, you know, like Love, and go right at Zach Eady, try to draw some fouls in the paint. They really didn't do that. But they did work the two-man game rather well. That was a little bit uh, concerning at times. The help side defense is not getting down there. That's got to get better. But a great opponent will will expose some flaws and things that you need to work on. And that's exactly what Arizona did. Purdue had a very, very hot shooting afternoon. Very hot. And that was enough to beat the Wildcats, ninety-two to eighty-four. A game that, you know, Vegas, quite frankly, had wrong, or at least the betters had wrong. Was it was well, hell, it started out as Purdue, favored by what one and a half, two, and it flipped the other way by the time that ball tipped up. Thank you, I appreciate it. I'll take some extra points. I'll take some more uh, some more juice on the money line there. I appreciate it. I don't think that these uh, big bettors get this, really have this figured out. It's one thing when I see people tweet dumb things about Purdue, the way they play, their players, how to stop them. And I can be like, you've clearly not watched this team, have you? You've watched a half, maybe. If I'm lucky, you've watched that. But I see a lot of these really advanced betting metrics, too, about, you know, rim rate and things like that. And people don't understand, like, they don't take the time. Uh, like that uh, idiot uh, with the that's supposed to be on Fox Sports or whatever complaining about the uh, no fouls when Alabama shoots, like, 43s. They don't take into consideration why the numbers are so low. It's because of Zach Eadie. That the attempts aren't there, you know. But hey, if they want to continue to stay behind, go right ahead. Now, this Purdue team is just is different. It is very much different. The problems that plagued them with the shooting from the outside. That plagued them defensively. That allowed teams to double and triple team Zach Eady or deny the inbound pass. They, they, Purdue has worked on it and has gotten better in so many different areas that this is scaring a lot of people. Purdue winning scares a lot of people. It scares a lot of people that do the recruiting rankings because they're constantly going to be asked, "How do you miss guys like Braden Smith?" Guys in an All-America conversation as a sophomore. Where did you guys have him? How do you miss Zach Eady? Where did you guys have him? Fletcher Lawyer, who's really come on well. Boy, he's shooting the ball so much better. And, of course, he was dealing with the Cav thing last year. But, boy, he's playing great. You, know, you even go back to those preseason, you know, rankings. Talked about you know, Brian Newbert about how they miss on Braden Smith so bad. Nobody wants to look like an idiot for missing these people, especially when that's their livelihood. So if they can't admit fault, then they've got to find ways to bury him. I.e., he's too tall. That's that's all it is. He's just tall because we know in the history of college basketball, seven two, seven three, seven four guys have just dominated the points in the board every time they step out there. You know, ah, Brayden Smith, it's just, it's, it's not, yeah, he's all right. Lawyer's completely unathletic. He's a liability out there. Eh, it's not working out for you there, is it? The new thing continues to be, well, they're going to lose in March. You know, you keep on kicking the can down the road. What's, what, what's the point? Because even if they go on, they make it to a final, four. well, they can't win a national championship. Okay, then they'll win a national championship. Then what? Well, I don't understand what's so threatening about Purdue to these people. I I, I just don't. Now, it goes back to my conversation last week about, I, I don't understand why people, these national guys, will fawn over Hunter Dickinson and just be like, eh, Zach Eady. Eh, eh. Nah. Even Aaron Castle was like, well, pump the brakes on generational talent. If he wins back-to-back national player of the years, please show me all of the other guys that have done that and we don't call generational talents in college basketball. I'm sitting here telling you that I fully understand that the NBA is a completely different game at this point, and success in college does not necessarily mean that translates over the NBA, and vice versa. It just doesn't. But I, I I just don't understand. It's not like we're Duke. It's not like we're loaded up with you know annoying kids that are out there um, playing dirty, talking trash. But I I but I go and I look at the I, I look at the pollsters, and you say okay. You put Houston in front of Purdue, and then okay, all right. But you know what? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I don't agree with it, but at least we're talking four quad one wins for Houston this year. At this point, now those quad one wins are not nearly as impressive as Purdue's. It's Utah, Dayton, that's 33 and 13. Xavier, to 65, and Texas A&M on a neutral court, which is 21. So they have three neutral court quad one wins in one neutral court away win. And they don't have the loss. So yeah, you can make that case for Houston with me. I understand that Purdue, nobody has better wins than Purdue does. That's that's not even debatable. Not even debatable. What gets me is here are the people that will put Kansas in front of Purdue. And try to tell me, and these these people are the problem. Those people are the problem. Because what you had a big comeback win against uh, Indiana, right? What one eleven in in the uh, one eleven in uh, the net? Oh boy, good stuff there. I mean, your one loss is to Marquette in Maui. The same team that Purdue went out and beat the next night. But Kansas is in front. Kansas with wins over 27 Kentucky. Eight Tennessee. Five UConn. So you're three and one in the uh, in the in the quad one Purdue five and zero. Oh. I, I just I, I don't see it. I for the life of me will not understand why people. It's again, it's not like I when people started to hate on Gonzaga, I I understood that, right? Mark Few comes in, it's it's a cool story the first year, and then all of a sudden they start having the success, and then everybody starts looking around. and go, Well, there's nobody else in the conference. They set that conference tournament up for them to win. It's kind of bull. I want to play a schedule. I understood when people turned on that. But we love redemption stories in this country. And I am just shocked that more people aren't interested in Purdue or just looking to bury them. Prominent people, too. People that are supposed to know ball, as the kids say. Eh, they don't. I'm not going to lose my mind over the AP poll. Monday, December the 18th, you shouldn't too. Let them talk all they want. You want to go look at the betting odds on the Wooden Award? It's minus 200 for Zach Eadie. Next closest guy is Hunter Dickinson at 4-1. to one. You're get four hundred dollars on your hundred dollar bet if Hunter Dickinson were to win it, and you'd make fifty bucks on Zach Eady. That's that's what the actual people know. Vegas knows ball. You can't even make that Hunter Dickinson bet. It's it's uh, it's one and a half to one on your money for Zach to just not win the award. Go look at the conference. Championship odds. If you can find Purdue above even money, good luck. Take it. Next closest, Illinois, six to one. That's a that is a massive, massive gap. Final four. You know who the best betting favorites are? Purdue, plus two fifty. Followed by UConn and Arizona. At three to one, Marquette a little over three to one. You know who the national championship favorite is? Purdue. Plus 850. Arizona plus 1,000. Vegas is very in tune with this stuff. These other people get paid money to say dumb and outlandish things for you to click on. I've come to accept it at this point. I just have. Purdue in a great place right now, though. Really, really in a great place. Such a tremendous win that one was in Arizona. For the confidence, for the resume. And again, you go back and you look at who they have beaten. And I thought this was cool because on Friday, when we did the Boiler Basketball show, uh, Jeff Julik brought this up. Go through that Purdue, uh, go through that record that they have, the teams that they have beaten. Xavier, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Marquette, Alabama, Arizona. How many of those are going to be conference champions? Arizona certainly looks like one. Right? So do will put the pack there. We're good. No, Marquette's going to have to get through UConn. Tennessee, Alabama. I mean, look. Those are the top 2 SEC teams. You're looking at maybe knocking off three of the Power 5 champions and you're going to be one of them. No better resume. No better resume. Deserved to be the favorite and everything. Couple pollsters want to be knuckleheads. Let them. We'll take another break. We'll come back continuing the Hammer Down show. Next up, on- don't forget, I still got women's basketball tickets for Wednesday morning. That's right, Wednesday morning, 11 a.m. with a the tip-off there against Indiana State in Mackey. Just text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and uh, we'll see if we can't uh, give away some of those uh, tickets for you. Okay, Tomorrow, I will have tickets for Purdue-Jacksonville on Thursday night, and then on Wednesday, I'll, uh, I'll give away... Those Purdue and Eastern Kentucky tickets. We'll have a big day on Wednesday. It'll be signing day. Uh, I believe we got Wen- Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday I got Cobra stats on. I know you'd love that account. It should be a big Wednesday. Getting to the holidays, it slows down. It is what it is. But, you know, these Mondays are going to be a little bit popping here with the portal and stuff because, you know, we're bringing in guys on the weekend. They're making those decisions. They want to hurry up and... S- you know, there's a little bit more of um, a sense of urgency in some of those portal spots. When you figure it out, you're, you know, you uh, you want to lock that down. Certainly, Purdue does have spots to fill. It was a uh, good haul over the weekend, I thought. Uh, you brought in more O line, which again was the thing you needed to start to work on. Uh, wide receiver Cam Brown comes in. I mean, at this point, I'm not saying that Brown's not good. I'm just saying, at this point, you're you're looking for some bodies there. Specifically, you need something there. So that's a good start there. Uh, bringing over love addressed the need at running back that you were going to need to go along with Devin Maccabee. So you got two really top-notch runners there. I think at running back, that was a great pickup. I'm excited about this uh, C.J. Madden, the edge rusher from Georgia. And he's got three years of eligibility left. Not to mention, I think we talked about it on Friday, but uh, that Jaquan Bolding kid is just 6'7, 350. You can do stand up, it's going to take you three and a half seconds to get around the guy. Whew. So I, I think Walters and company have been hitting this hard here. Um... I'll breathe a little bit more of a sigh of relief once we get to signing day and those guys uh, sign the letters of intent. It's a little bit different with the portal because uh, you may remember, it, Tom Deanhart told us this a few weeks ago, difference with the portal and the high school recruits, high school recruits will sign that letter of intent, boom, you're locked in. You're good to go. Somebody signs that letter of intent, Purdue would have to let them out of that for whatever reason if they wanted to get out of that. That doesn't happen too often. Meanwhile, the Portal guys, and Purdue should know this firsthand. Gosh, I cannot remember that guy. They had one last year, remember? Was going to be here, committed, cool, and then just showed up. I think it was like USF. Was it UCF or USF? Purdue's like, where are you at? He was in the directory and everything, too, and he just never showed up. That's the way it goes. you got to be here. you got to enroll in those classes, and then you're good to go. There's, there's no... Hey, I committed. Cool. That's that's it. It's done. You got to be here and get in the classes before any of that stuff. So you don't want to count your chickens before you hatch. You know, they hatch in, in in that regard. But it's still good. Again, this is what back to back weekends where you see Purdue addressing those needs. They knew they were going to have the needed offensive line, that's why more of those guys have come early. They've been able to work on these guys for a while. Especially the the junior college kid, Bolton. They've been working on that very hard. Now the wide receiver influx kind of came in and you say, "Okay, we're going to let's shore up our best O-line guys here and then let's get after the wide receivers and they're starting to do that. I mean, they're going to need bodies at that wide receiver position. I think with that availability, too, for playing time, that will continue to attract more quality wide receivers in the portal. You're bringing in a, a couple of uh, freshmen, too, at that position that are you know, could, could be diff- could be uh, difference makers. And Tamar Harris and Shamar Rigby, So all is not lost there. Overall, you are not going to get all of these problems. So uh, I forgot about the Hamilton kid, too, from uh, Southeastern. So all's not lost there. It's not like they're not going to have enough wide receivers to run through camp. But there are going to be some opportunities at that position. We'll see what happens. And also, don't forget, too, when this portal window closes... Grad transfers don't have the window. And then there's still going to be another one after spring ball to get your, there's that second run there. Right after spring ball, that gets you another chance to uh, hammer some of these issues that you might have. And wide receiver may very well be one of them. May need to fill up those cores. But right now I feel good about where they're at offensively, on the offensive line. You provided backup uh, or competition for Devin Mockabee. You're reinforcing the offensive line, which you desperately needed to do. Now you're working on those linebackers. That was another area that Tom told you we wanted to look at here, and you just brought in a a, a very good piece in that. So hopefully a flood of wide receiver commits will be coming in uh, over the next couple of uh, weeks. We'll see how that works out. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap it up. Things we may have missed. Eric Montross news today. I didn't see that coming. Holy smokes. we got a lot to talk about and things we may have missed. Ads coming up next here on 101.7 The Hammer. One... Welcome back to The Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer. 101.7 TheHammer.com. About to wrap this bad boy up with some of the things that we may have missed. All right. Uh, as a degenerate, I uh, I enjoy the uh, the betting on the NBA here. And a uh, new streak that I am fully on board with right now. After the weekend, the Detroit Pistons have passed uh, their 1980-81 versions of themselves on the consecutive loss streak uh, NBA all-time record. All right, so they're sitting at 22 now. Uh, one more will get them up to, let's see, that's one, two, three. We'll tie them for fourth all-time with the 95-96 Vancouver Grizzlies, the 97-98 uh, Nuggets, and the 2011-2012 uh, Bobcats, they play at Atlanta tonight as 10 and a half point underdogs. You better believe I'm going to continue to bet on them. They need six more to tie the 76ers of 2015-2016 and the uh, longest consecutive losing streak in NBA history. I believe in them. I believe in the Detroit Pistons. They sit at two and 24. Why not them? What's the rest of the schedule like? Can they do this in six? At Atlanta, at home against Utah, uh, home and home against Brooklyn, and then that one, two, three, four, five, that fifth game's at Boston, and then it'll be up to Toronto to do it. And then it's Houston for the all time record. I'm on board with it. I don't care. It's fun. By the way, all those teams in playoff contention right now, except for the Hawks. So if it was gonna get cut off, the Hawks are at ten and fifteen, the Raptors are also at ten and fifteen, the Nets are at thirteen and twelve. So it may be tough, but not impossible. Also, I'm absolutely terrified at this uh, kid that I saw in the viral photo from Texas blocking the DeSoto lineman, just holding some dude. I I, I don't get it. He is 6'8, 380 pounds, and he's a junior. He is mauling a 6'4, 250 15 pound kid 6'8, 380. By the way, they also have another kid on the line there at six one three zero three, and I thought Harrison had a big line. My goodness, I'm scared to death of him though. That is that's it's the scariest picture. Uh, we talked about the top show, but congratulations to Tom Allen. He's going to go out to Penn State, and uh, yeah, good for him. I think everybody's always talking about him uh, going back and being a positional like or or DC. And that he'd be really good at that. Look, some guys aren't cut out for the head coaching spot. He had his, you know, he had his bright spots, but in Indiana's a terribly hard place to win at football. But you know, he tried to do it the right way. I think he ends up uh, in a better in a better situation. Uh, speaking of uh, former Big Ten coaches, Troy is apparently set to hire. Uh, Former Purdue head coach for the interim. And uh, Notre Dame offensive coordinator, uh, Gerard Parker, is going to be their next coach. Congratulations uh, to him, the former Boilermaker. Congratulations going out to Ethan Morton. He picked up his degree over the weekend as well. Academic All-Big Ten honoree. Finance degree. Zach might need your help, man. Doing pretty good. Uh, and then finally, something that was kind of lost a little bit, I, I know that Twitter kind of picked up on this a bit, but it, uh, it it bears repeating. That game on Saturday was played with the Wilson EVO ball. That is the basketball that Purdue had famously struggled with shooting the last couple of seasons. That's the ball they use in the NCAA tournament, But both Purdue and Arizona going into that game used the Nike balls. But Purdue, for quite some time, had really struggled in shooting that for whatever reason. But there again is another example of how Purdue has overcome. Much like every time I read a gambling preview from people in Vegas go, well, Purdue's guards are not prepared for what this team's guards can do. And somehow they keep on being more prepared. I I don't know how that works. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? But it's another one of those things that those demons kind of got exercised again. And that's why I keep on telling you that I believe this Purdue team is different. You can keep on kicking the can down the road. You can keep on moving the, the, the field goal posts here. That all of a sudden, nothing that happens in November and December matters, despite the fact that Purdue hasn't lost in, what, uh, a non-conference game. In how many now? Mid-20s? Is that what we're up to? None of that matters? The most loaded Maui field. You won that. That doesn't matter? I don't understand the minimalization of Coach Matt Painter uh, through, that, uh, through that lens. It, it makes zero sense to me. He quite honestly should be a National Coach of the Year frontrunner right now. Because despite everything that has happened, you look at uh, where we're at on those recruits that are, you know, what those kids were rated coming out of high school, most of them. And he has developed so many of them. Over the years. And just made them phenomenal players. And he never gets any kind of credit for that. Never does. Now he can't even get credit for knocking off number one. You beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, but. You win Maui. Yeah, but. You went up to Toronto. You beat Alabama. Yeah, but. Hey, you won the first weekend. uh, They'll lose the first weekend. Hey, you won the first weekend. Yeah, but. They, we'll see if they can make it past the Sweet 16. You know that's where they struggle. Okay, well, look at that, they're in the Final Four. Okay, first time, yeah, but yeah, Oh, they won the national. It's always a can kicking it down the, down the. I don't know why. The past is the past. This team is different. Enjoy it. Do not wait for the other shoe to drop. Enjoy it while you still can. That's gonna do it for us on the Hammer Down Show. We're coming back tomorrow. Big show for you here as well. We'll have those Purdue men's basketball tickets for the game on Thursday to give away for you. Folks from Purdue Sports will be on as well. Should be a great Tuesday here, back here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 the Hammer. 1017 the to... Hammer.